Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Influenced Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Monet. The Influenced Podcast is a place where I sit down with social media influencers, entrepreneurs, and creatives to have combos about how they balance living life out loud on social media while walking with God. This is also a place where I talk with my friends and discuss certain cultural topics like dating, modesty, friendship, and sex, and how our faith has influenced the way we think about them. So get ready to listen. I know what you're thinking. Brianna, why would you ever end an episode on a cliffhanger like that? But like I said, the guys had a lot to say. So in this episode, Kavel, Chinedu, and Ronell will shed some light on how to do male-female relationships well and in a healthy manner. And you definitely don't want to miss the finale of this influence conversation. Take a listen. So you guys touched on it a little bit, or at least I know Ronell did with the perception of your close friendships of the opposite sex. So do you ever have to explain or justify those friendships to other people? And why do you think that is? Yeah, you, I mean, not like, this is KVL, by the way. <laughs> I always get us in the saved and unsaved context. You should not have to justify um, your relationships to anyone, right? Mm. But I do think that the reason why you shouldn't have to is because they should be in healthy places. And God, like, if you're adhering to what God is telling you about the relationship and you're submitting to his will, they should already mm-hmm. be in a good place right like that should be the floor um right. granted perceptions could be different right like you know like especially if you know the other person you like is attractive or maybe then i don't know I, the whole beauty thing is a, like or attractiveness thing is a whole other conversation but like there could be that question of like again which i said before of like you know after a certain age like women and men are meant to quote unquote society pressures you to relate in a certain way right and your boys mm-hmm. are actually like oh bro like is that what like what's going on, right? Um, especially if they don't, you know, depending on how close they are to you, if they don't know that person or whatever have you, like, granted, mm-hmm. your close friend might be like, okay, like, that's just, you know, that's just KVL's friend, right? Like, right. Uh, my guy who's like a little, like, and a band that's a little further away, he might not know, right? And be like, oh, snap, like, who is she? Blah, 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 right? And yeah. it's not, I don't know if it's a justification, but it's more of an explanation. I mm-hmm. think what, Chinedu said earlier in, in the church, like, because of, to be honest, like the kind of weird dynamics that can foster, it's a new standard that everyone is trying to uphold to, right? Or the new culture that is being learned and the kingdom culture that's trying to be disseminated around everyone's hearts and minds, there can be a more of a questioning because mm-hmm. people are more intentional about it. there isn't There isn't this ignorance. There isn't this kind of like fluidity that exists like they exist before when you were walking in the Lord, because everyone was just doing whatever felt like, like my brother said, like you could be as close to me as you could be as far as me. And that could be the same way on the mm-hmm. other side. Right. So I think there might be a little bit more of a questioning because like, Oh, snap, you know what I mean? But I think that also right. we need to check that too, because it's like, now it's like, Oh, snap, two people are going off together. What are they doing? Like, no, that's <laughs> not healthy. Like that's not helpful. Right. Like there needs yeah. to be a normal scene with how, how we relate to one another 
and mm-hmm. in the church and outside of the church, right? And whether your friend is saved or not or whatever have you, like, you still need to operate under the submitting to God's will regardless. Yeah, and I think sometimes that, that interrogation from your friends could be helpful. It could make you unearthed, like, bro, like, you actually, like, like her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're mm-hmm. just playing games, and maybe we would encourage you to, like, see where that goes, right? Or, bro, like, you're a little too much. Like, you need to chill out. You know what I'm saying? So that in, that in, that interrogation mm-hmm. could be helpful, right? Especially, like, as as you relate. Yeah, I mean, but I think to always have to defend, like, I, I don't think that you should, like, defend sounds like insecurity. Granted, like, if you have to, maybe there's a blindness of, like, okay, like, maybe I am blind on this spec, and I need to, I need a friend to, to, to bring that out. I've definitely been made to feel in the past, like, other people had decided for me that mm. certain relationships weren't, like, okay. Now, depending on who those people are, and like their relation of those people to me will then inform the extent to which I like give their like give their feedback light or emphasis, which will then naturally also inform whether or not I either explain or just ignore it, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. I think I think Kevel just said it where it's like it can be helpful to have people from outside looking in that you trust and that you value their opinion be able to give you their two cents, right? And they can, right. if you have blind spots, it can help you see things you don't see and give you insight that you may be missing for whatever reason. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's definitely helpful, but in that same respect, I look at it less like defending. Like when my friends, when people I value and people that are important to me and have my best interests are saying it to me, I feel right. like my response to them isn't so much defending, right? It's more like mm-hmm. receiving, like, an edifying feedback and then being willing to converse. And I feel like I got to defend it, and I think that in and of itself kind of it, it demonstrates the type of relationship we have in the first place, in which case I'm probably mm-hmm. not going to do that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think – in church culture, it, it definitely can be unhealthy. I have seen it unhealthy. And God is at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, God is teaching us all of them. So he's teaching me, shoot. <laughs> um, I think, how, especially going back to the culture and the men thing, how I related to women was never was never held, I was never held accountable to it, for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I was never, like, oh, even, like, in college, it was like, oh, what you doing with her? And, like, it could literally be mean nothing, right? It'd be nothing, but it was never this like loving accountability to be like, "Hey, bro, are you living to the standard that God's calling you to live?" Especially, mm-hmm. especially when we all not redeemed, right? It was just like, "Hey, you do what you want. You're all, your own man. You relate to women how you feel best." Like it's kind of like men are building their own kingdoms, and what they say goes, rather than being in humility and allowing other people to pour into that and speak into that. So for me, like I definitely was blind in the way that I related to women. Out of humility, I was like, okay, I need to invite other people to help me roll this tape, like mm-hmm. football analogy, like to go back over the plays and be like, okay, when I said this, even with other women to a certain degree, like when I said, or when I say this to women, right, how how does that make women feel? How do you think that made her feel? Mm-hmm. Things of that nature that I'm very oblivious to. And I had to get checked, like certain, even a man and a woman checking you, like, right now, the way you give compliments, bro, they got weight to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, <laughs> and not saying that, like, women can't handle them or I shouldn't give compliments, but it's just like, I was just free with it. Like, girl, you look good in that dress. It's like, hmm, 
Reckless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Reckless. Reckless. I was just reckless. You know what I'm saying? Just, I, just, I just had, I, I was just not born with charm, but just, you just learn, like, how to flow in and out of swag mode. You know what I'm saying? You just, just flow in and out. It just oozes out of you. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm not trying to boast in myself. I promise you I'm not. But I'm just saying, like, you just, you just have a way with words with women, and it's just normal. It's natural. It's natural to you. But I would say, like, to go back to the original point, like, I recently got asked, like, hey, is that someone, da-da-da-da, and this was my sister. Like, I haven't seen this person in forever. We were near, like, we were kind of, like, close in proximity, face-to-face. It was in a very public space. And one of my, like, men in my life who was married is like, bro, I saw you talking to da-da-da-da-da. And it wasn't from an unhealthy place because of his intention, because I know him and I value him, like Chen said, mm-hmm. was like, hey, man, I want to see Ronald get married. I want to see, I think he's a great man. Um, we've talked about, like, my desire and all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he's yeah. looking at this girl and looking like how we're relating. He's like, man, have you thought about her? But the idea to both Kevo and Chen's part, like, that I need to justify is unhealthy, right? Yeah. Unhealthy from the standpoint that I may feel like, I feel like justify means like you feel like you have to defend or or defend from an attack, but I mm-hmm. do allow people to speak into my relationships, if that makes sense, and hold me yeah. accountable and run the tape and see my blind spots because I know I have them just naturally. Absolutely. So I know you guys kind of touched on societal views versus church views and how opposite sex friendships kind of work in those spaces. So do you guys find that to be different or even alike in the ways of how those relationships are perceived and even your own personal experiences? I think that there are differences in how men and women that are saved and in the church versus those who are not relate to each other. I think some of those differences are, are like well-grounded and are productive. And I think some are just strange and I'm gonna confess, uh, I have been strange in the past. I am not gonna hold you. <laughs> not gonna hold you. I'm just not. It's because I'm learning. That's it. I'm growing and I'm trying that's to get out true. of fear. That's true. You know? So yeah. I'm i i hold up the card. That. That's my own Yeah, and that's even my own like I'm not the arbiter of all that is strange or rumor, right? So that's my own perspective. I could be completely wrong, right? But like I guess the reason why I say that, kind of what I was saying earlier before, right? It's like I, I think, I think, by and large, men and women just don't understand each other as well as we should, right? And mm, I think friendship, dating just across good. the board, and I feel like because I, I think we don't, we we don't for a multitude of reasons, right? And we already touched on some of them. It's like we're socialized not to, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, men are socialized not to emote. Women are socialized to emote from a very, very early age, which then informs how they relate to other women and how they cultivate friendships and accountability and confidence. And men don't really have that, right? And to some degree, we learn yeah. a lot later in life if we ever learn it at all. But part of it is just that, right? Facts. I think the church definitely adds a, a layer of complication that I feel like mm. is unhealthy, not completely, but I think in some key ways it is, right? Like, cause to me it goes, it's like 
in my experience in the church, right, I feel like anything that even remotely resembles any kind of, like, romantic interaction between men and women in the church just gets avoided. We don't talk about it, right? We just like, So when you say like remotely, about, like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> sitting, like sitting next like, to each other, I mean, having a conversation? I mean, like, I mean, like, walking and somebody might bump into your shoulder and you might freak out and lose your mind tight. Like, like any, even, like, the what? slightest thing. Oh, come on. I, 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 let me not hype it. But I'm saying, but, like, to me, I guess I mean that as, like, <laughs> I feel like the church, the church talks a lot about what singleness looks like. And they talk a lot about marriage. And then that right. in-between part just doesn't get discussed at all. It's like, mm, that's real, that's real, that's real, that's real, that's real. magic or something, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and I think, and, and I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's many reasons. You need to be good by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, and it's like, and it can yeah. be an uncomfortable conversation, right? Because when you, ha- when you go in that conversation, you have to talk about sexuality. You have to talk about emotion. You have to talk right. about romantic and platonic and what those boundaries look like and how do you transition if there's interest or how do you establish appropriate boundary and distance. And that those are those are hard things to discuss, and it's a lot easier to just avoid it and forgo the conversation altogether. But right. I think in being in a culture where those conversations are neglected, I think years and years and years of that, I think it does a tremendous disservice to both men and women. Because I think what it what it causes and what it looks like are men and women who have a hard time relating to each other in any capacity, whether it's romantic or not, right? So, so I don't know. I think to me, and I think when you're in the world, I'm not saying it's always good, but I think in the world there's there's not as much emphasis on, I guess, being as mindful about those complexities and what, I guess, like, how they can go awry, um, which yeah. is problematic for sure. But I think the church's approach to just ignore the conversation outright is also a big problem. Because then you get to – I I think you get to a place where I think people can kind of be now, right, where it's like men and women not knowing how to be friends with each other, men and women having, like, not under, not knowing how to relate and to find value in opposite-sex relationships and thinking that it can only be romantic or marriage or men learning how to say, hey, I like this person. I might want it to turn into more. How do you then reconcile that? I don't think we talk enough about that in the church and not addressing those subtleties, I think, just creates, I believe it just creates like a multi-faceted challenge that a lot of men and women like presently working through. She was like, you really, this is Kate, by the way, like, I think you laid that out very well. And really to your question, Brianna, like, it's really like you have the world, which is like anything goes, and you have the church is like, think about this really hard. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it like well, I'm like we need the middle. Can we can we get the middle? Like can we get where we can operate in freedom? We can operate in joy. We can operate in happiness. But we can also be intentional and think about things and on, and honor people. Like that's what we want, right. right? So it's like help us get there, right? Like where we can where I'm not constantly thinking about okay, we're together now. 
We're in the same space. <laughs> What's the perception? Because sometimes you know, it's so funny. <laughs> because sometimes it's like you see it, it's so funny. Like at the service, there's this Red Sea thing that happens, and it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Oh God! Like the men go to one side, the women go to another. I mean, that's like all church events, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're from the shade. I heard the shade behind that. Don't act like you was innocent in saying that. Never heard that was. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. And I, I'll say, I'll say this too. It's like, valid, though. It's valid. I think you know, like, and then like you can speak to it, right? Like. Because of this dynamic, especially in the church, because I'm unsaved, right? Like, it's like there's no intentionality. It's whatever. Everything goes, right? There's no, there's, there's nothing that, that dynamic just exists, right? But in the church now, it's like mm-hmm. everyone is, everyone has done a bit, everyone has done, a, has had to do a bit of unlearning and relearning, right? Right. Because we need to be renewed by the spirit, right? Everyone, mm-hmm. right? And I think that. Preaching, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. And I think that also it's like for men and women, women and men are unlearning and learning from different places, right? Because before Christ, they were also socialized in different ways. So the education, the educator is the same, but the education is different, right? Mm -hmm. So now like you can sometimes, and we're going to talk about this, you can hear like sometimes resentment can come about, right? On both sides, right? Because like, oh, I won't X, Y, and Z do this, right? Or I won't X, Y, and Z do that. So why why aren't the men doing this? Why aren't the women doing that, right? And I think there needs to be a collective blanket of grace of Jesus that needs to fall on everyone. Come on. <laughs> right? Of like, yo, like I like I said this on another podcast that like literally from and that's um granted, I do not want this conversation to be centered around sex. But the reason why sex has come up so much Right. Because not only is it how we were socialized before Christ. Right. The socialization doesn't stop. Right. Women are constantly objectified day in, day out, every image that you see. Right. So you have to actively fight against that on a daily basis. That subconscious thing that was ingrained to you for 21 years. Right. Right. So it doesn't stop, right? So it's like I have to, I'm constantly, I'm like, not only am I being sanctified by the Lord and trying to rest in the spirit with all these things, but I'm constantly fighting the world that who's trying to who's trying to socialize me on a daily basis through subconscious and conscious messaging. So that's why there's an, this, there can be an abundance of caution because it's like I'm still fighting off the enemy, right? And granted, we're all doing that. We're all doing that, right? But I think it's like one that we need guidance and we need to like Chinedu said, like, how do we go through this progression of like we're not friends to we're friends to maybe there's a romantic thing? How do we how do we how do we straddle that line? How do we how do we back away from that line? How do we move forward from that line, right? Like we need all of that, right? But also of like also you gotta think of like some like I've been saved for what? What what? Five years? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Think, like, think, I think that all needs to be in context with how all this is done and said. And, mm-hmm. yeah. So I love what you said, Kayla, as well. I think if I were to give, like, what I've learned, right, mm-hmm. in the in the world, dating and friendship, I didn't know or learn anything. And I say that, like, <laughs> yeah. I say that just, like, not like I don't know anything, I don't learn anything, I didn't know how to relate to women at all, da, da, da. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying 
to a, like what's helpful and what's great and what's godly, right? Mm-hmm. When I came into church and just encountered God, the first thing that I learned is what not to do. Mm-hmm. Now through intentionality and prayer and getting help and seeking counsel and practicing with patience and grace, I'm learning mm-hmm. what to do. However, this was a process, right? <laughs> so when I first in the church, I just know what not to do. That's all I know. I just know right. what not to do, right? And I think to Sinead's Ch- part, like, the only way that I got the, hey, what is healthy, what is helpful, what is good, is when I sat down with married men, mm-hmm. right, and talked to them about, okay, what did it look like? What did your friendship look like? Right, and one of the guys in our in our church was like, "Man, my heart is that the singles at our church would just have fun and be brothers and sisters together and love one another well." And he's like, "We had that. It was amazing. We went out to King's Dominion. We had fun together. We talked. We, you know, what I'm saying." He talked about boundaries, right. but he talked about what was possible and what was a model, right? Yeah, which I I I got on a one on one level, and I think like. Sometimes when the church starts, and I don't think it's always a bad thing, we start with, what, okay, what do you need to unlearn? And I think we need a balance of both. So also from, like, a broader perspective, like dating, friendship, in the world, dating was recreational and educational, meaning that I'm dating you because I want to have fun and I want to have a good time and I want companionship. Mm-hmm. However, there is no end goal in mind. You're here to meet a need or the desire in me. It's her- inherently self-centered, right? And in the church, I learned that dating should have the goal of leading to marriage and be intentional. And it doesn't mean it can be educational. Like, if, I'm a, if I date a girl, I may have an educational moment. I have, may have an educational moment, and we may not work out, and I've learned things, and that's a good thing, and it still may be hard. But in the world... I'm just with you for educational purposes. I have no intention in my mind of being married to you, but you're going to help me figure out what I want in a spouse. Mm. And that's not the intentionality. That's that's not my heart posture, but that's just the culture of it, right? Whenever we go into dating without the end goal of marriage in mind, we lead in in casualness. I mean, Pastor D says it all the time, like, being casual leads you to be a casualty, right? Right. And... I have I've definitely been there and here here's something else that I've learned both in the world and both in the church in Christ specifically. What I didn't know in the world and even coming into Christ and in the kingdom, I didn't know that how I was relating to women, I said that we are friends and we are brother and sister. Both Christ right. and pre and pre Christ. My actions communicated that I want to be your husband. Mm. Does that make sense? So now, yes. so now now, I know why you're asking me, what are we? Because I'm doing and saying things that in all logical but me unawaring sense, I know that's not perfect grammar or words, right? <laughs> it's like, hmm, the way Ronald is treating me communicates strong desire. But in my head, I'm just like, we cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's natural for you to ask that question. However, mm-hmm. I am in the world, I'm not intentionally thinking, and even in Christ, I'm not intentionally thinking about that. And in the world, my friends can turn into something else. Y'all know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? And there's no recourse or repercussion for it. It just, if it happens, it happens, right? The, the, the main difference 
that I've noticed within the world, friendship in a good way, in a productive way, right? Like mm-hmm. I, the question of, hey, has God called us to be friends? And not in a super like overly sovereign or like spiritual way, but just like, man, what is right. the purpose that God has for this friendship? That was never a question in the world, which is a really good question. Like, it's like, man, why has God placed you in my life? What has God put in you to help me grow, for me to help you grow? Or, how, or like, how do I, like, see you as a sister, right? In yeah. the world, intentionality is not a discussion. It's just, they say fair. Wow. Just do what you want. And it doesn't even always lead to bad things. It's just there is no intentionality from my perspective and what I come out of and what I've seen. All you guys have defined friendships have illustrated what it looks like to be friends with someone of the opposite sex. So kind of reeling it back a little bit, what would you guys say are some of the benefits of having friendships of the opposite sex with no expectation or plan of moving into a romantic relationship? I would say the benefits are, like, perspective, for sure. Not only, like, like if we can remove, like, we we can parse out that, like, someone's gender right is not mm-hmm. can we can remove someone's gender from their personality for a moment right that like when we remove the gender for a moment like i'm relating to a person who has a perspective in life on something right their gender happens to color that perspective and and you're like you're relating to another human being right in a good way now you add on to the gender of it it's like now i'm relating to this person in a good way and they're a woman and now i'm getting perspective from a woman's perspective and now i'm learning things about women the nature of women how they're wired women culture right what womanhood looks like right like all such a thing Mm -hmm. can help inform my life not even from a romantic platonic perspective but also in a workplace perspective in a societal perspective where i can it's like there's a modeling that happens of like okay like boom like i can be checked on not checked but like informed right on like how like the how how I can show up for women better, right? How I can how I can be a, a better brother, right? A better a better a, just a better man in my own being, right? And I'm like you can like iron sharpens iron, and like uh, I think a lot of times we can look at as men as iron, but I think women are iron too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like where they can sharpen you too in different ways, right? Where it's for you to become better. And also Mm -hmm. like these relationships can be like, yo, like that's my sis. And like the way like my sister moves, like the way that like I can think through how to like relate to, and I'm not saying like your friend, you need to take how you relate to your friend to how you want to relate to your wife. Those are two different things, but like Mm -hmm. you can see these, you can see like the goodness in this woman who's a friend and say like, wow, those are like really good qualities of a godly woman. You know what I'm saying? And you're seeing that like walked out like in a very practical and tangible way that helps inform you of like, okay, like how, like I'm seeing godly woman, not only from a, parental perspective with my mother and my grandmother but i'm also seeing in a peer perspective right so now like if i have a daughter like i can see like i can now see like how how i can see or if i have a son and my kids i can and granted this is a very it's a a big bridge but i think it is a bridge like i can Mm -hmm. see like wow like my friend brianna right like the way that she moved just as her person not even how she relates to me but as i relate to one another like i can now see like okay like what do what does a godly friendship for my son and my daughter look like you know, so now I can say that now because I walk through it, you know, versus like beforehand, like if you just close that off, you can't. And you can say like, well, son, well, 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 daughter, like, I don't know if X, Y, and Z, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
And right. then so you have a standard, now you can now you can give another standard because you've seen it. Granted, you have a standard for God, but like now that you have this practical standard like in your life, you mm-hmm. can now pass it on. You know what I'm saying? I think that's I think that's really good. Also, like, you know, I think women balance each women balance men out, you know what I'm saying? Like help us think through things in a different way. Which is like my brother said, like gentle this they're not saying women aren't like only gentle, right? They can be aggressive and all these types of things, right? Like too. But like there is a balancing out that happens for sure. Um, it's really good. I think that like in general, I think this is the basis. It's like when I relate to another person in Christ, I get to see more of God. Mm. I go back to that image bearer concept, right? And everyone's an image bearer, meaning we're all made in the image of God, saved or unsaved, right? But if you are a saved woman of God, I get to see Jesus at work and what it looks like for him to redeem you in ways that he could never redeem me in ways. It's because we're just different. I get to see the beauty in that. I get to see, nothing. men don't have beauty, it just looks different. Like, I get to see God work in you and give you a sense of fem- femininity and beauty that is just not in me because I'm not a woman. I'm not saying we don't right. have, I don't have feminine and masculine. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying a femininity that's unique to women specifically. Because you know, God can rede- God has redeemed my self image and like how I view myself as being handsome. But I get to see that in you or in women in ways that is just unique to you that only is a work in you because you're a woman and that's who God has created you to be. Mm-hmm. I get to see the transition of how does God form a mother. Mm. Like, that's amazing. Uh, not just, like, in my own personal walk as far as, like, when I get married or if God will call me to get married, right, to my right. my wife, future wife, becoming a mother. But I get to see that in you if we're in friendship. I get to see, like, even in certain, some of my friends now, I get, I get to see, like, wow, I've seen you grow into a wife, yo. Like, that's crazy. It's amazing. And, and, and that's not the only, like titles that a woman can have let's just be very clear about that but but like those are things those are titles that i will never have that god has ordained for you to have in some way type of way and what my brother said is not just the gentleness but what's more specific because women can teach me how to be strong or resilient or whatever whatever but there's a nurturing that's in women that are just not in that period yeah but nothing we can't be nurturing that's it just looks different and and i think that's just beautiful i think that's great i think just the perspective that women have is valuable in business i think it's valuable from a standpoint of like just the world and having female friends help me to love my sisters better help me to love my mom better right mm-hmm. uh, help me to love other women better ultimately like god has called us to relate as family spiritual and natural i think it's a godly thing yeah, I think that was really good. I, I think the things you the things you get from it and the lessons that you learn from it, at, at least for me and maybe with other men too, is kind of like in levels, right? I think I echo that experience where, like, as a man, a lot of what damaged men teach other men that can lead to damage too. One of the, I guess, one of the many things is that women's value lies only in sex and one's ability to like engage with them physically in that manner right so i think one of the first things that i think everything else we're saying at least for me kind of falls under is that you have to realize the expanse of value that comes from relationship with women that has nothing to do with sex right like just learning that i think for some men it's learning that that is true first right like and accepting that that is the truth and unlearning whatever you were taught prior about how men and women relate to me was like, it's like the first thing that you learn from that. And then I think everything else afterwards, it's like a lot of these different like subtleties and things that just, and, and like, yeah, like how we, just how 
like appreciating the differences and celebrating those differences. Like I think Ronell said it earlier about learning gentleness, for an example, right? Like you can learn that from men too, right? And like you said, it looks different. And I think that'll be a marker for future growth and men's ability to teach other men gentleness. But I, I don't, I think as a society, we're probably not quite there, but I think we're making strides to that. But I do think women have a way of engaging with other women and other men that I find really like, uh, it's just different for me, right? Like just mm-hmm. the small things about how they, like they can check in on you, right? Or how they like nurture you or encourage you or speak life into you. Like as I see women do that for other women or see women that have done that for me, right? It's like, it gives you, it kind of like teaches you I guess, like, the value and, like, what what substantial can come from that. I remember I was, like, watching this. Like, it was a red table talk, actually. It was really good. And this lady was talking about relationships. She was saying how one of the issues is that, like, she was talking about, like, men and women and kind of, like, sexual interactions with each other. And the point she was making is that men use sex as, like, an access to all these other emotions, right? So it's, like, mm-hmm. you want companionship or you want closeness or you want, like, nurturing or whatever it may be. And because we're not taught how to access those things directly, we're taught that, like, sex can be a medium to access those things. So then you, like, leverage and use sex as a way to access all the other emotions without realizing that there's a way to access those things directly and healthily that have nothing yeah. to do with sex, right? So I think for me, that, and I think Ronell and Kayville are both saying it, I have said it already. It's like, those are, I think, in a large part, all the different values that I feel like I've gotten out of my female relationships, right? Like looking at what like strength looks like from women and how it's similar to me, but how it's different than men and why those differences are to be celebrated and looking at like what nurturing looks like and what like support looks like and what like righteousness, but a lot of different aspects of female interaction, I think is very edifying. And I think it does help me learn to be better in certain ways that just probably aren't in my natural inclination, partially because I'm a man, partially just because of how I am by my nature. I mm-hmm. think my female relationship very much helped me. Uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, it can be a mirror in a lot of ways. Mm. And a mirror, like, similar but also different from how men mirror you, right? Like, there's certain male or like friendships I have and it can be a mirror where they can help me see certain things about myself, both good and bad, to either encourage or to kind of check and grow from. And I think women can do that, too. I do think, though, that because of some of our inherent differences, that the things that a woman might show you or might cause your attention could potentially, they don't have to, but they could potentially be different things about yourself that some of your male friendships might not as quickly mirror for you. So from that standpoint, I think there's a lot to be gained in that way as well. And also just like, I'll stop at this, but just like learning about each other, right? Like, I remember I heard they still make the joke where he said, like, you got a lot of women learning about men from other women that don't know what they're talking about, right? And it's, it's, that to me, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, that I feel like it's just like a broad issue that we all like kind of suffer from, right? Where it's like, who better, from my vantage point, who better to tell you or inform you or kind of like make you aware of like what women think or feel or emote than another woman that's close to you right. that knows you, but also knows women, right? And vice versa, right? So it's like, to me, it doesn't really, it, if I were like trying to understand how, better, as I better understand women going to women and having those conversations and being able to have that conversation to me feels like the most uh, practical uh, way to get there. So no, I think for all those reasons, there's like a lot of value to be realized from those relationships. 
So I think another benefit is that, and I would say it in one word, relating to women in the way that you said previously, platonically, and like there's no expectations and things of that nature, can be redemptive, right? Yeah. How? Redemptive to a degree that like the first thing is like, and this is what society pushes in a lot of way through like patriarchy and oppression and all that type of thing. Women are overly emotional and can get crazy. And I'm not saying that's not true. I'm not saying right. that like that can't happen or I haven't seen that. You know what I'm saying? But what I am saying is that like I have examples of women who are, who are in tune with their emotions, who are not crazy, who right. know how to speak their mind, who I have seen stand up for themselves, who I have seen advocate for themselves, who I have seen walk in the proper biblical empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. That they've inherently had and have more so in Christ. Especially in like unsaved culture, you could be like, oh, second thing, which leads to my second point, is like, oh, men are logical, women are emotional, right? And we're taught to combat, to put those things in a conflict and mm-hmm. and, and degrade women because of that. It's like they're lesser than because they are more emotional rather right. than realizing that my inclination to problem solve as a man and a, a woman's inclination to think about I'm not saying women can't problem solve. I'm not saying that, right? Right. But the inclination of her being more nurturing and more in tune with her emotions, even from a natural level, is actually a compliment and a good thing, and we're operating in our strengths rather than because you're more emotional than me, which speaks to my insecurity to not be emotional, but because you're more Mm -hmm. emotional than me and what I've been taught to be is, like, if you're more emotional than me, then I can degrade you, I can devalue you because logic is the supreme currency in our Western Mm -hmm. American secular world. Which is patriarchal, too. Right. So it's like now I view, like, God has been redemptive and, like, showing me, like, oh, no, this is actually a strength that she has. I'm not saying women Mm -hmm. can't operate outside of that, but seeing a woman of God be formed and molded and refined in that way is redemptive. Also, on a man note, like, it's redemptive to have women outside of a romantic context look at you and champion you and not look at you as a villain. What do you mean by that? How we grew up uh, or just in culture because of our followers culture that we live in. I hear the word N-words ain't S-words. I have heard that from different women my entire life, mm-hmm. right? And some of those stories are true due to the men that have left our homes, who have abused our women, who have deserted and abandoned our women. And there's some merit to, I don't think it should be said in that way, of course, but there's, there's definitely merit mm-hmm. to the idea that a lot of women have been let down by the man yeah. that they gave their bodies to, that the man that they gave their hearts to and created kids with. Mm-hmm. However, if you're relating to only women, and especially in our case, not saying all the women that I've related to in the past have this case, but who only have negative views of men, specifically from their fathers, and you hear certain people talk about maybe your dad or maybe your uncle or maybe a man that they're dating or you're seeing how certain women in your life are dating men and what they're doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, the only time that I hear you talk, and not, it's not, I'm not saying it's totally their fault. I think healing and forgiveness needs to happen and Jesus needs to breathe on all our relationships. But it's like, man, right. the only time I hear you talk about men is in a negative context. You know, what? and I and I was in a, I was in an important meeting, and it's just like someone, one of my leaders was talking about this. I'm like, man, when's the last time? And I'm not saying that, like, I'm saying more in a healthy way because women need to be honest right. too. But it's, I'm like, yo, when is the last time I heard a man appreciated, honored, and respected in his household? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I think, like, having sisters in Christ who appreciate my need to them and being like, hey, man, I value you as a person, as a man, is like, wow, like, I'm not – I'm not trash and I don't come from trash and I'm not destined for trash. 
You know right. what I'm saying? Because that's a picture that I've been seeing my entire life to a certain degree. Not saying I didn't have good men in my life, but they were very few far in between, just being honest. It's like, wow, like, you're helping me see what God has always told me, that I can be the man he's always called me to be. And that's worthy of, like, praise, not for the man primarily, but to God, you know. It's really that's good. That's a good, like, if I could piggyback on that real quick. That's such an excellent, excellent point, I feel. Uh, so thank you for saying that. Cause like, yeah, no problem. It's like when they say hurt people, hurt people, right? Facts. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like this cycle <laughs> yeah. that we all kind of find ourselves in, you know? And, like, society gives us, like, archetypes that they tell us that we're supposed to default to for both men and women. I think you said that earlier, right, where it's, like, women are constantly objectified and told that the value that they have is solely in their, like, physical form, right, as it pertains to men. And men are also given similar messaging, right? Like, we're all less driven, sex-driven, like, that's all we are. And we're just chasing women, chasing sex, that's all. And we don't think, we don't rationalize, we're just, like, conquering and hunting, right? There's no emotion to anything that we do. And it's really easy to, it's like, when, it's like if that's all you ever hear and all you ever see, it's mm-hmm. easy to just resolve to that, right? And make that, like, like think, like, like, no, okay, Bill was just saying, it's easy to, like, default to that and make that the norm that you decide is what you're supposed to be because society told you that and because you've never heard anything else said to your message to you and then it's just like this self-fulfilling thing right where we keep hurting each other based on these characters that we were told we're supposed to be and not really seeing the damage that it's doing and it's never ending mm-hmm. right and I think that what what was just said is such a that redemptive aspect that's such an important aspect to that dynamic right because i think it gives both men and women an opportunity to see themselves for like the better parts of who they can be rather than like what they were told that they were supposed to be in default to which is usually a lot more limited than we have capacity for right and being able as a man to have men and women but in this case women like speak life into you right and see more of you and be able to like speak to the better parts of you rather than like only the base parts of you you know what i mean and then vice versa having men be able to like do that to like speak life into and to build up and to support and to encourage and like to back women you know what i mean like i think especially in the black community that's just a whole other thing but i think even just like men and women being able to do that for each other yeah i completely agree there's a lot of redemption that comes into that and a lot of like healing that i think comes from that too you know where it's like we're able to kind of undo learned traumas and learned hurt and like remove those things from being our default and it gives us like it gives us almost like an awakening right and a new perspective from which to see people from that probably deviate potentially deviate from like what we were taught given our Mm -hmm. like trauma and upbringings but it's very very healthy so so yeah all that that was a great point i really i really appreciate that that was an excellent point so last question, if you guys had any advice or wisdom for people who might be afraid or even want to pursue a friendship of the opposite sex, what would that be? I'll go. Let's give up. I remember I was listening to, it was either a podcast or a sermon by Judith Smith. He talked about like, you know, like leaders that he looked up to, right? And mm-hmm. how they were like busy and stuff. But he said like, I, and not to create a hierarchy on whose time is more valuable or whatever, but like, I, I really gleaned that, like, he was like, I want to get on this person's calendar. I want to get on, I want to get in this person's radar because I see value in them, right? And like, mm-hmm. I admire them. 
And I think, like, I'm trying to take that same approach of, like, who are the women that, like, I might have, like, might have, like, a service level relationship with or, like, I might have seen mm-hmm. from afar, right? And I might have said, you know what, like, who do I, who do I admire, not in a romantic way, but who I admire in the way that they just are as their being and how they, how they love God, how they love people, right? Like, and investing more time in that, right? Like, I think about my former Connect Group leader, like, because co- like, I had a connect group that was, like, co-ed, and, like, it was led by, like, a guy and a girl. I think about her name is Michaela, and I think about, yo, like, Michaela's really dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the way that she loves people, the way that she moves in her career, the the way that she is as a being, like, and the, the time that we spend together, I really value, right? Like, I want to be more intentional about building with Michaela because I admire her mm-hmm. as the person of God that she is. So I think that's that's the one, that's one step to take of, like, you know, like, who do you admire, who do you admire in a way that you want to like, you, you see their walk with God, you see how they walk with people and it's like, of the opposite sex, being intentional about that. Right. And also being, I think also being wary of like, who are the women in your life that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think also like guarding of like, like maybe you need to like back away from a little bit. Right. Who's like, and this is what like discipleship stuff all like, and just Christ in general, like who's pushing you towards God. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's who's encouraging you in that way, right? And, like, you know, being aware of, like, who may be a stumbling block, right? But not being overly legalistic about it, like, oh, she's a cracker, she's going to be a stumbling block. Like, no, obviously not, right? But, like, <laughs> I think that's one way to do it, too. And then I think overall, too, like, pray about it. Like, my brother encourages me this all the time because I'll be asking him questions and stuff. He'd be like, bro, pray about this. I'm like, you're so right. Because we, we get in these moments of, like, being so practical or being so strategic and things like that where it's like, yo, like, mm-hmm. God, first first and foremost, God, help me to form good relationships with the opposite sex, right? Like, place people yeah. in my life. Let me, like, guide me in the ways that, like, how I go about this. I don't think you can go wrong there. Kevo said it really well. I think the first thing is asking God, Lord, give me the relationships that you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not from, like, an overly, like, I think there's a sovereignty, right? I think certain women are placed in my life, like, sovereignly. Like, man, they're supposed to be in my life. Like, God specifically chose them to be in my life to, to do a work you, that's unique to me and joining us together in a very unique way. I'm literally outside of marriage, just talking about friendship, brotherhood, sisterhood type, type things. But so I think the first thing is pray for the relationships, but also pray that, Lord, help me to be the man or the woman that you want me to be in these relationships. I think the third thing that I would, I would pray is, God, give me wisdom. And I've I've cried out to God, Lord, give me wisdom in this area because I do not have any, right? And I think of the scripture, like, lean not on knowing into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Like, I would say approach it from, like, just a pure place before God. Like, God, the reason why I want to do this is because it's godly. It's what you ordained. It's brother, sister yeah. in Christ, friendship in Christ, like. I want to honor you first and foremost, right? I want to do mm-hmm. what you tell me to do. I want to be obedient to you. I want to love you and I love the people I have in my life well. That's spiritual. The practical, which is what I did, I got with older men to help me, to just help me. Cause, and then I just value what, what my K-Bell is saying, um, this value in who are married specifically, right? There's value in Mm -hmm. talking to women that I value and things of that nature. I definitely agree with that. But a woman cannot teach you as a man how to relate to a woman. She can teach you how she perceives men to relate to her, how she wants to be treated by men, which is good and needed. But only a man can download into you how God has called you and ordained you as a man 
to relate mm-hmm. to his sisters, to his wife, to his aunts, to his grandmothers, to his mothers, because we share the same gender, right? And I would say for women, get with a married woman. When I came back to D.C., I lived with a married couple. It was one of the most beautiful things that have ever happened in my life. The way mm-hmm. I've seen, just from a marriage standpoint, I've seen a man relate to his wife and serve his wife. I've seen the way that she respected him, right? Like, I was like, man, this is the church and Jesus, like, and that's a marriage perspective, but I also like, you know, just getting with them, like I was able to see, and I can apply the things that I saw in him to just my sisters, right? Yeah. He's like, man, show her, show her some love, like show that you care, right? It's like, and I can show that I care for you without being like, I want to marry you. I can do that, right? And freedom in Christ and wisdom and maturity, right? I would also say for people who are trying to grow in this area, get around, don't avoid group hanging out situations. If men or women are getting together, this goes for men, this goes for women as well, like go, right? Please don't come with the primary intention to get married. Please don't do that <laughs> on both <laughs> on both parts. Please don't do yeah. that. But right. just come with the, with, the, with the heart and the expectation. Man, I want to get to know someone or I want to be around my other future brother and sister in Christ. And if God turns that into a marriage, so be it. If it doesn't, I'm cool because I need friendship as well. I need yeah. a brother as well on both ends, right? Because I I know guys who have gone to other places be like, I'm trying to find my wife, which is not fully unhealthy, but it's like if that's all mm-hmm. you're doing, that's a problem. Right. And vice versa, right? So definitely yeah. getting my, – my main thing was for me – was so helpful for me was getting with older men who are married who can actually teach me how to operate as a man. Maybe just echoing what a lot of has already been said. I think bringing things to God first and foremost, and I and I I, I start there because I think for me that's been that has been something I've been constantly learning to do more of. And I think mm-hmm. as I've done that more, I found as I've submitted more things, I've learned the value in that. Because I do think not just on these types of challenges, but just in general, like we try and do too many things in our own strength. I'm definitely Definitely guilty of that. I'll definitely start there. After that, one thing I think is really helpful for me is just like working to confront the different ways I have been conditioned by like culture, society, whatever. So good, Chen. So good. Um, Like to look at just a view relationships, both with men and with women. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me that was important because if, I think sometimes before you go forward, you have to, like, I think it was said earlier by the brothers, or you got to take a step back. But I think for me, really learning all the different ways I've been taught to to think, to act, to behave, to you know, to, to all all the aspects of that, and learning the the in the ways that were problematic, learning the fallacy of those was a really important step. I think, and it's not, it doesn't end like it's ongoing, but definitely taking time to start there. I think as I learned that, it then kind of gave me, it forced me to realize the next thing, which is like, like there is immense value, right, in relationship with both men and women. I think sometimes we don't, sometimes I think as men, it's easy to think that there's value in relationship with men of all types, but with women, it's not the same way. And I think realizing that there's immense value in relationship with both men and women. And then right. after that point, just being really deliberate about finding ways to teach yourself or expose yourself to what that value is. So, like, that, that sometimes that looks like being, like, what the brothers just said, being around married couples. Like, 
I had an experience like that when I was uh, probably like five or six years ago and watching, it was like with like my aunt and uncle and watching how they engage with each other. It was so eye-opening, right? Because it's like watching mm-hmm. like really healthy, strong example of like how husband and wife interact with each other. That I, I frankly didn't, didn't necessarily grow up with, right? So like seeing that was really encouraging and eye-opening, right? Because it teaches you, oh, the things that I learned isn't the only way this happens. Like There are different ways that this happens, and there are different ways that are good and healthy and useful and productive that this happens too. And that, for me, was, like, similar to what they were just talking about, like, being around the married couple and seeing how they, like, respect and edify and help and encourage and support each other. And just being really deliberate about, like, trying to cultivate those relationships, those meaning, like, friendships like with women for men who don't presently have those and seek to have those just being intentional about seeking guidance for sure and not not forcing it to be something that it's not like they were saying earlier but just you know allowing yourself to be in spaces where there's potential for those relationships to to exist and to blossom (laughs) no all of this was super helpful I just appreciate you guys' insight and just I definitely learned a lot. It's a lot to soak in. Just even like hearing you guys talk individually, knowing you guys and then coming together talking about this one topic. I think a lot of people will learn a lot. I know I definitely did. Appreciate you guys. And lastly Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks. And so lastly, if you guys would plug yourselves on social media, where can the people find you? This is Kval. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm a dead. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for real, for real, I'm off of Instagram, like it's Twitter, but like you can still add me on there. But it might just be a while till I add I'm you still back. I'm gonna tag you. Just Kval Brown, K A V E V is Victor E L L Brown. Yeah, you. I'm pretty much the only one out there, so you'll find me. Yeah, I'm just saying, like. I'm on a little bit of a social media hiatus. I need to get back, though. I can be found on LinkedIn, Facebook, definitely not IG, maybe sometime soon, but Chinedu, C-H-I-N-E-D-U, as a barrel, E-V-E-B-U-I-R-O-H. This is Ron L. Brown. You can find me on Instagram, Ambitious Ron. literally all one word. That's two words, but combined. You get it. You can find me on Facebook, Ronald, Ron L. Brown, and then... You can find me on LinkedIn. However, I probably won't find you. There are currently about maybe 50 or so connections waiting for me to be accepted or denied. So um, I would not add me on that. Um, you can, but you just be at the bottom of the pile. Not because I'm too famous. I just don't prioritize LinkedIn. He is very famous. That's it for this episode of the Influence Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to use hashtag InfluencePod when you're talking about the podcast on social media. And also, shameless plug, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brianna, C-E-S-T-L-A-B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Until next time, deuces.